October 26, 2022. We're continuing in Masechet Berachot, we're on Daf Vav Amut Bet. We'll be in the wide lines, about nine lines down, just a few words, three words onto the line. But before we get there, just a, a few days ago in our last class, we were talking about that statement at the top of the page, at the top of the Amud, where um, the, the, the statement of Rav Hunar, Rav Hunar, was uh, a person who has the establishment, the permanence of place for their prayer. Well, in such a circumstance, well, we talked about how they're from the students of Abraham Avinu and what they'll be said at their eulogy with regards to being a Hasid and Anab, Tamidav Abraham Avinu. And we briefly touched upon the Mahloket Harishonim with regards to when you're praying outside of synagogue, or is this specifically when you're outside of synagogue with regards to kiviat makom, making, or kiviat makom, making a permanence of place. Uh, we didn't fully formulate uh, the way Shulchan Aruch and Siman Sadi uh, codifies this. If you take a look over there, the words of Shulchan Aruch are uh, very clearly, not only are we talking about a keva, a permanence, in terms of place, which might exist uh, in your home and not only in your home, but it's furthermore with regards to a bit Knesset, which means to say it's not just the seat you have in this synagogue as opposed to that one or another, it's rather as well a bit Knesset being your primary place uh, for prayer. Now again, what the reason for that is, we discussed uh, fundamentally what the Rishonim seem to discuss is it aids in your kavana. Any person has a certain permanence, there's a danger with it, of course. It becomes sometimes stale if it's too permanent. But at the same time, the fact that you don't have changing scenery, that you know your uh, surroundings and environment, it aids in your kavana. You're able to focus on the significant matters instead of those less so that surround you. But th- that's important to be noted that Shohan Aruch mentions not only place uh, with regards to its specific seating area or standing, but also Bet Knesset itself. Now, uh, lastly, when we learned the Gemara last time, the Gemara was being Doresh for one reason or another, that Pasuk Kerum Zulut Libne Adam. And the particulars with regards to how we understood that uh, was um, we, we understood it as re- uh, referring to Tefillah. We just need to finish that conversation, just a few more lines, before the Gemara goes into other derashot. Again, the words are kerum zulut livne adam. The understanding was rum, meaning elevated. Zulut is zol, is something that you make little. And it's a reference to tefillah. It's actually elevated. But bnei adam are mizelzelinbo. The Gemara says there's a different interpretation here, again, in the wide lines, nine lines down. Rabbi Yohanan verbi Azar de'amre tarvayu. Both Rabbi Yohanan and Rabbi Al-Azhar had the following suggestion with regards to that pasuk. Maybe the pasuk refers instead to a little bit more of a tragic and uncomfortable situation. When a person necessarily needs to turn to others to support them, uh, to aid them financially and in terms of sustenance. So when the pasuk says, Kirum zulut adam, it's a reference to the face of human beings at times that they need to turn to others or during a period where they turn to others. I'm turning to you or to another for sustenance. It's very embarrassing for me. My face turns different colors. Colors similar to kirum. What's kirum? Says the Gemara. Before we explain that, as the Pasuk says, kirum zulut libne adam. My kirum. 
what is krum? So you said uh, the face turns the colors of a kirum, which means it's not the natural color, it's an embarrassed color. What color is that? Kiata Ravdimi, when Ravdimi arrived back in Bavel from Eretz Yisrael, he suggested Amar of Echad Yesh Bekirche Hayam. There is a, a specific bird which is found in Kirche Hayam, in the cities of the uh, ocean, I guess islands of some sort, out there. Ukrum Shemo, and its name, that bird, is Kirum. The Kevan Shehamazorahat, and when the sun shines, you want to know what happens? Mitapech lekama Gevanim, the bird uh, turns uh, to several colors, to, uh, different shades and hues. Uh, which means to say Kirum then in the Pasuk is referring to this exotic bird which is found out there, which when the sun shines, maybe upon it, alav is a word that's added into the Gemara, um, it has these this way of changing colors. Is it a reference to a bird that's actually changing colors, or is it like a peacock who opens its opens itself up and it reveals the colors? I don't know, but I do know the message of the Hachamim then is we're likening it to this bird because we're describing the embarrassed and sometimes shameful state of a person who's collecting um, and, their embar- and, and their difficulty in engaging in that. A person who collects or who needs to receive from others, it's as if he gets judged with two difficult judgments. What do you mean two difficult judgments? The, the terror, the pain, the sorrow of being afflicted by ish, and Mayim, it's almost as if he feels as if he's drowning in water and being burnt by fire. Two different feelings, but two feelings that share the emotion of, of pain, of terror, of agony. Shene emar, doresh pasuk, again, for a person who needs to belittle themselves or are belittled by others. Hirkavta enosh leroshenu banu baeshu bamayim. The pasuk says, "Herkavta enosh leroshenu," and the suggestion Rashi says leroshenu is lihiot noshebanu. You've placed a person upon us to control us. I need to turn to you for support. To a certain extent, if this is done in a standard fashion, you're now in control of me because I'm dependent upon you. Banu ba'eshu ba'mayim. It feels as if I'm entering into water and. Um, and uh, fire. Uh, effectively, the Gemara has a musar. It doesn't just describe a reality. And that, of course, is the sensitivity we have to others, and particularly those who are needy, even when you're aiding them. You might suffice with, I gave them money, I gave them support, I gave them advice. It's furthermore important that you look at them and understand them as a human being, not just a hole that needs to be filled, but rather a person who needs to be living a life of dignity, who has a tzelem elokim, and the responsibility then is to not lead them to kirum zulut, not lead them to banu ba'eshu ba'mayim. Ve'amar bi'chilbo amar avhuna, now that we're stating Ma'amarim uh, in the name of Rabbi Hilbo, who in turn quoted from Rav Huna, we have several others. That's what the Gemara will do now. So it means that anything and almost everything that will be quoted, although the rest of this Amud is only tangentially connected to the earlier one because of the names of the rabbis who were speaking. A person should be uh, always uh, scrupulous and careful with regards to minha. What does it mean he should be careful? Just to pray it? Maharshan, we'll discuss how he knows this or how he decided this in a moment, suggests that this is a reference to the beginning time of minha. You should be careful to begin minha 
at the right time. When it's time for Minha, you're immediately praying Minha. We'll have a similar statement afterwards in the Gemara with regards to Shahrit and Adbita as well. And says Maharsha, we're not belittling one over the other. We're turning to each one and individually stating from a Pasuk or another that it's important, it's significant, not like just the standard Zerizin Makdimin the Mitzvot. Beyond the alacrity, the, uh, the excitement to perform the Mitzvah, there's something significant in it of itself with regards to prayer at starting it at the first time you're making a statement about the prayer, making a statement to yourself. This is what's on my mind. This is what uh, what what uh, um, runs my consciousness. Something about Minchaketola? Not necessarily, because it might be a Minchaketana, but at the beginning of Minchaketana. Do you understand? Um, there is a debate, which we'll address later in the Masechet, um, in the Poskim and in the Gemara, with regards to the merits of Minchaketola versus Minchaketana. But not necessarily. It might alternatively be Minchaketana, the beginning time of Minchaketana. Now keep in mind as well, uh, this is far from easy to perform and to fulfill. You're dealing with people who live in the world and as a result need to or want to gather together for a minyan, we talked about the merits of that earlier, to make it every day at a different time so that you get the beginning time, not the easiest uh, to perform in that respect, but nonetheless, a certain perspective is, is shed over here um, with regards to it. Shehare, what's the proof that minha, uh, specifically for, for this statement, is the beginning time so important to be Zahir? Shehare, Eliyahu, lo na'ana ela bitfilata minha. If you pay attention to the story of Eliyahu, Eliyahu, when he's confronting the Nevi'e Haba'a, uh, the story in uh, Sefer Melachim is Ahav and Izevel during their reign, during Ahav more specifically, his reign over Israel, there are many people who are led astray by this Abu Dazara known as the Baal. Eliyahu Navi is trying to confront them and show that they're wrong. And so he stages a whole scene wherein they're surrounding a mountain and each of them turning to their god or gods to accept it without lighting any fire. Uh, the Nevi'eh Habal spend all day until, the Pesukim tell us, Minha time, until evening time, at which point they give, give up. Eliyahu then jumps up and that's when God answers him. So we're going to make a derasha specifically from that. Before I move onward on that, you should know that Rashban is Chidushe Agadot with regards to our Gemara, suggests further that the sun, especially in the time of Eliyahu, but uh, even until today in certain countries, is envisioned as almost a force in and of itself. You, know, the, you have the sun god, but you have the sun as this power and force in and of itself to envision being answered by a god during a time when the sun is waning, is diminishing, is already a statement. It's already, it takes a lot and in turn shows a lot with regards to the greatness of God. Of course you have this in the Paro'on Mitzrayim story, you have much emphasis on them going in the middle of the night. You have much mention and, and emphasis, if you read carefully, the sun being what Paro believes is going to strike them because the sun god is the powerful one, whereas when they are walking out of Egypt, it's during a time that there is no sun to demonstrate and to make the point, kahasot laila, it's going to take place when there is no sun, our god can perform then, the true god can. But the pasuk mentions it's as the minha's beginning. Now, now, Eliyahu, parenthetically, says the Gemara, uh, had statements. What were his statements? Aneni Adonai, Aneni. 
He turns to God and he has a double request, almost demand, that God respond to him and, of course, accept his, his sacrifice at that time. Why a double aneni? Now, the point was already made with regards to what we were looking for, that Eliyahu's prayer is seemingly answered at the time of Minha. The beginning time of Minha is very, uh, very significant and demonstrates a lot. But why the double aneni? Aneni, says the Gemara, first and foremost, just to answer my prayer and please bring fire down and consume the sacrifice but furthermore please make certain that the people don't in turn deflect what I've done. Eliyahu is performing a miracle or God more specifically is at the request of Eliyahu but people might say it was it was sorcery, it was witchcraft it wasn't actually God which is everything that Eliyahu is trying to take them away from so it's a double request don't just do it, please do it in a way that everyone will get the message you're the true God Rabbi Yohanan suggests furthermore and the way Mahasha reads this is the Ketorit which came after the um, the Tamid Shel Ben Harbaim, after the Minha sacrifice for what we would refer to it, uh, we have Tikon Tefilati, my prayer should be established, should be appropriately aligned as after that Ketoret, the understanding of Maharsha, immediately at the first time that I could be praying Arbit. He's not necessarily arguing on the previous, no. he's just saying, by the way, also Arbit's important. Correct. Correct. It, you, you see, it, it, the most important you're right, and, and and it is his words. He says af, right? Af means even. I'm 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 jumping on top of that. Why did the initial statement to be about specifically and only mention minha? It might be, and and I believe it is that everyone will agree. We'll we'll see those words later in the Masechet that minha is a certain. There, there is something unique about minha. In addition to what we mentioned now from Rashba with regards to the sun, it's also the time in the day, uh, in a regular day, that's sometimes the most difficult. It's it's when you're at work, it's when you're in that transitional period where it's not so simple to ready yourself and and be able to focus. So minha will you know be the first one that's mentioned, but correct. This is now adding to it, and then lastly, along the same lines, but with the of course last prayer of Nahman Bayit as the pasuk says with regards to Shachrit Adonai Boker Tishma Koli Boker Eeroch Lecha. Va'asape. So the Pasuk twice mentions Boker, very much accentuating, highlighting the fact that this is Boker. It's being, as Maharsha again explains, at the onset of Boker, that's when the most appropriate time for me to be a'arich uh, lecha, e'eroch lecha, rather, that I will organize and set forth for you my prayer. Ve'amar bi'chilbo, says the Gemara again, uh, continuing with statements from bi'chilbo in the name of Ravuna, Amar Ravuna, kol ha'nehenem is'udat hatan ve'enom samecho. Any person, again, we're very clearly transitioning from prayer into something altogether different, into weddings. What's the connection? Just the statement, Ravuna who is quoted by Rabbi Hilbo, seemingly his student. What's the statement? Any person who's nehene, who benefits from Si'udat Hatan, from the uh, meal, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the celebration of Hatan, and in turn, of course, Kala, but doesn't bring uh, uh, joyousness, or doesn't bring happiness uh, to the Hatan, they've transgressed five kolot. What does that mean? Well, there are five merits that are going to be mentioned in the Pasuk of kol, the ability, the potential to have this kol. It's a Pasuk in Sefer Yirmiyah, which describes kol sason, kol simha, 
כל חתן וכל כלה, כל אומרים הודו את אדוני סבאות. So the pasuk has the mention of כל five times, the inability to properly bring forth uh, aid, uh, help in the simhat hatan vekala means you furthermore left out the possibility to bring forth those other kolot, the sason, the simhat, the hatan, kala, and so forth. Uh, that's, that's something that you had potential to do. Instead, you just came and rejoiced and just had for yourself happiness. You ate, you were nehene. You know, the words are kola nehene misaudato. The words are not if you don't go to every wedding. But the statement more than anything is how inappropriate. You were there enjoying it, but weren't engaged in you the true the happiness. You didn't mabruk a couple, you didn't dance, you didn't smile at them, you didn't do your part, you just took your part. It's similar, of course, to the words of Harambam with regards to Yom Tov. A person who rejoices on Yom Tov, believes they're rejoicing, they're eating, they're drinking, that's sure, that's simha, that's simhat kereso. That's a happiness of your stomach. It's not simhat mitzvah. Simhat mitzvah means extending it to others. Over here, how inappropriate. You're in the home of the other. You're at the bet hatan. And you're rejoicing for yourself, but not bringing he and she a simcha. You've uh, gone against the ability to bring forth hamisha kolot. All right, and if you do uh, bring forth that simcha, what's your sacha? So I thought it's the five kolot. Beyond those five kolot, there's the parallel of those five kolot, says the Gemara, Amar ben Levi, la Torah. You'll merit Torah. Torah? What's the connection of Torah? Hamisha kolot. The Torah as well was given with five kolot. We'll be Doresh Pesukim in a moment. It's not for naught that the Torah seems to liken, and the Chachamim certainly do, Matan Torah to the day of Hatunato Biyom Simhat Libot, the day in which we betrothed or became betrothed to God, became married to God. So in some respect, there is that connection between marriage and Ma'amad Har Sinai. It is the day of our Simhat Libo. Uh, beyond that, before we read these uh, derashot with regards to the five kolot of Ma'amad Har Sinai, uh, the concept of a kol is telling in and of itself. Think about that as we read it, and then we'll return to that point. Kol means sound. Uh, oftentimes, you and I will talk about dibur or amira. We'll talk about speech or words. Kol means a sound. All right, keep that in mind as we read the derashah. As the pasuk says, by Ma'amad Har Sinai, vayhi bayom hashilishi. It was the third day, morning time. Vayhi kolot ubrakim. Double kol is kolot. Minimum is two. So we have two kolot right there. Ve'anan kaved alahar ve'kol shofar ve'gomer. Which means to say the pasuk already has three references with regards to his parashat Yitro, with regards to Ma'amad Har Sinai. And furthermore, vayhi kol ha-shofar. That's a fourth. And lastly, ve'ha'elohim ya'anenu be'kol. There's five references with regards to the kol. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, I think your count is a little off. I think there's two more. Ini, is it really so? Doesn't the Pasuk say, So that's two more kolot. It means there were seven sounds in some respect at Har Sinai. Answers the Gemara, Otan kolot, those last two which were mentioned, kolot de kodem matan Torah havu. Those are the ones that were referred to earlier in the preparation for Ma'amad Har Sinai, where you had five kolot, and now the Pasuk is just describing how we as a nation appreciated them by, in some way, having a visual of them. Uh, let's pause for a second and now return to the point of the kol. You see, if kol is sound without words, Kol, in its most pristine and beautiful sense, represents one of my favorite words, potential. Because kol then is the sound, is the cry, which can be expression of anything. 
if I cry out without putting words to it, you can, and it might be, uh, any expression of happiness, of joy, of sadness, of sorrow. A call, by definition, represents the greatest manifestation of potential. It's for that reason that the first reference of human beings' encounter with God is Adam and Chava hearing, Kol Adonai Elohim mitalech bagan It's for that reason that Torah, and Simhat Hatan Vekala, at least in my opinion, are joined together through Kol. If Kol represents the absolute, the infinite potential, okay, Torah, we can understand a life of Torah, an expression of Torah, study of Torah, the values of Torah, almost infinite in their expression and their importance and their significance in our life. But a husband and wife? A life together, a relationship, imagine the potential that's inherent in that. By the hachamim linking these two through that kol, telling us the five kolot of hatan and kala are the five kolot of Torah, they're speaking more than anything to each one of us in our own relationships with our spouses and saying, instead of imagining this as boxing you in, as imprisoning you, Understand this as an expression of infinite potential. Here you are. There's no words attached to what you two can do and how you can grow together. This is just kolot. It's the ability to tap into the infinite expressions of what a relationship can and will bring you to. to so make certain not to lose that opportunity. It says the Gemara Anur to be Amar, any person who... Um, who does appropriately hatan? Who does come to the wedding, to the celebration, and brings forth joy? toda. It's as if they sacrificed a korban toda. It's a korban that you bring to God as thankfulness. How does he derive that? Because he reads the end of this pasuk. If you recall, the pasuk mentioned the five kolot. I'll read to you again the way it reads. It says kol kala kol omerim hodu et adonai sevot kitob adonai leolam hasdo meviim. I'm just reading this full pasuk in Yirmiyah. Meviim toda. So the Pasuk talks about bringing Todah, thankfulness, to that bayit, to, of course, the Mikdash of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so then the reference is that it's as if you're sacrificing Todah. It's not only are you benefiting them, you're turning to God and making something special as well. It's as if you're sacrificing to Him and showing your thankfulness for Him with a capital H in your life. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak Amar Bana Ahat mehorvot Yerushalayim. If you're Mesamea Hatan it's as if you have reestablished, you've renewed one of the destroyed um, um, buildings and edifices of Jerusalem, Shene Emar, as the Pasuk furthermore says in the last words, Ki Ashivet Shevuta Aretz Kebarishona, when I return that which was, you know, out of uh, the Aretz, as the beginning, Amar Amonai, God expresses. And of course, the reference and the relevance, I think, already is understood. We under the Chupa, we do an Imesh Gachech, and we break the glass. and and the, um, the coming together of a husband and wife comes with responsibility. It's for that reason that it's not just that we need to be sad in the moments of happiness. It's that we're sad in a moment of ha- happiness because that inspires us to bring things together, to repair the world. I am now at the moment where I'm most connected to another being uh, in terms of the expression of a husband to wife and wife to husband. I now need to stop for a second and think, what could we do with this? Oh my goodness, we could repair all that's deficient in this world. And the top, in terms of a Jewish consciousness, of that which is haser in this world is Yerushalayim. So the expression of a person who brings the happiness
happiness and brings the hatan and kala together is number one, you've brought forth, you've manifested for them uh, a full uh, potential. You've furthermore found within this bond godliness. You've found divinity. You've brought that korban toda. And lastly, you've inspired them and anyone present to go out and to repair all that which needs it in the world. Says the Gemara onward, Again, just the statement of these two rabbis in tandem. A person who has awe and fear of heaven, his words are heeded. That means by other human beings. And that's kind of before we read the Rasha from the Pasuk, kind of understood as well. If you were to perceive, I wish I had it, in me, you'd have a certain respect for me. You wouldn't be scratching your head and saying, he's really telling me that? Does he know who he is? I thought it was the Hashem is hearing him. Well, I, I don't think so, because the Pasuk says, So the Derasha seems to be, the uh, nishma means that you're being listened to, or you're understanding it as God's listening to you. And devarav nishma'im is, is an expression of God's response to you. That's an interesting point. Um, certainly, Maharsha does not read it that way. Is there a potential that that's how we, we're supposed to read it? I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting suggestion. I mean, it would make sense in our context of prayer right. um, that a person who has that yiracha mind. All right, let's see if we can, as we go along, uh, square either one of them better. But maybe it's both. In other words, uh, uh, what's the logic on, on interpersonal already? And also, if I look at you and you say. Uh, Please listen to me. Why would I listen to you? Who are you? Unless I see in you a certain awe, a certain reverence that you're able to uh, put your head down. With regards to a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it should be no different, right? With regards to that. Now, what's the derasha? Sof davar hakol nishma et ha'elohim The pasuk, ostensibly, you would say, peshat is saying, a final word, et ha'elohim You should fear God. Now, what's that word, nishma, hakol nishma? It should read hakol tishma. If you're familiar with the, the grammar in Hebrew, tishma means you should listen. Nishma means it is listened to. So the fact that Pasuk says is how Maharsha explains it. So after that, hakol nishma means the final matter is that all will be listened to if you're et Elohim yira. But the Pasuk continues and it says, kizek kol ha'adam. Because that describes all of humanity or all of human being. What does that mean? My kizek kol ha'adam. Okay, he told me yirat shamayim. told me dvarav nishmaim. What does it mean kizek kol ha'adam? Because that is all of human. The Gemara has three suggestions. Amar bilazar, mar ha'kadosh barachur bilazar suggests it's kivyachol God expressing, of course, in this pasuk, which is in, uh, you know, the, the, this pasuk, which is it's found in Kohelet, it's Shilomo, but it's him paraphrasing his understanding of God. God says about this person who has yirat shamayim, mar ha'kadosh barachur, kol ha'olam kulo lo nivra ela bishvilze. God, uh, as he sees the person with yirat shamayim, says the entirety of the world was for this guy. A person who has proper fear and awe of heaven. This person is scaled equally to the rest of the world. And lastly, The entirety of the world is there specifically for accompaniment. 
for the uh, entertainment, for the well-being of this person. Is the same thing three times? Similar, nuanced differences in each one of them. Uh, the first one is focused on uh, the very creation, and you know, you're envisioning everything as coming for this person in some way or another. The second one is, I don't know if it was for him, but now he scaled himself uh, equal to it. Uh, and the last one is, well, not only is it for him, but it's literally to serve him. It's a very, uh, Harambam highlights that in one or two places, that the existence of people who have lower level intellects, says Harambam, what are they there for? Are they to be uh, the court jesters for the scholars, for the wise ones, uh, to whom uh, they'll be able to make certain that he's not uh, that he's not uh, depressed and lonely, but no uh, no no uh, service in and of themselves. That's a difficult, very elitist uh, vision of matters. Uh, that more than anything, what what the Gemara very clearly is making uh, is is driving home to us is uh, a person who has Yirat Shamayim uh, has and Moshe Rabbeinu of course says this more than once in Sefer Devarim has in some way uh, again to achieve it is no simple feat, but it's in some way brought him or herself to the fruition of their potential. You've actually you've actually maximized who you should be. That's what a relationship should lead you to in some respect. The Mishnah Masechet Sanhedrin and Zayin says that a person is supposed to say to themselves constantly, Bishvili Nivraha the world was created for me. So there's a Musar with regards to responsibility. There's a Musar with regards to perspective to understand uh, if the world was created, it's almost circular. If the world was created for me, I may as well have Yerat Shamayim. If I have that Yerat Shamayim, well, maybe that's why the world was created for me. Says the Gemara, lastly, lastly for us today, any person who knows about another, that they always say hello, they always greet them, you should, you should beat them to it. It's appropriate to do so. shalom v'radvehu. Search for shalom and be rodefahar that shalom. Uh, what, what's the idea? The idea is if the other one's extending himself and you're just on the receiving end, similar in my mind to the to uh, the you're on the receiving end. He's extending shalom to you, but you've just received. Uh, you responded, but you are not an active participant in this. You're just the one who receives and then throws something back. Not not appropriate. Not not engaging in a relationship that the other is seeking and uh, enveloping or introducing, inviting you into rather. If you said shalom and it wasn't responded to, nikra gazlan. It's as if you are a thief. Shene'emar, as the pasuk says, ve'atem bi'atem hakerem gezelat he'ani bevatechem. You've stolen the vineyards. You are holding on to stolen. Um, in your home, stolen goods of the Ani. Explains Rashi, what's with the Ani? Why, why are we talking about an Ani? What's, uh, what, what? Says Rashi, If you're trying to rebuke the people for thievery in Sefer Yeshaya, why are you only talking about stealing from a poor person? You steal from rich people as well. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Robin Hood is not uh, is still a thief in the eyes of everyone. I, we could talk about merits or not, but he's still a thief. Effectively, you're stealing from the reading of the Gemara is from a person who hasn't really given you, who hasn't proposed to you, hasn't set forth for you anything to steal from them. What have you stolen from them? You just haven't responded, Amen. 
that in and of itself is significant. So they're ani because they didn't come forth with goods. What they come forth with? An extension of shalom. It's the small deeds, the small comments, the smiles, the smirks, the ability to respond when one respond, was, reaches out to you. I've been told more than often, unfortunately, that in, uh, when I'm deficient, I'd like to say I'm not always in responding to text messages and calls on time, that people will make fun of it, but, it, but I know how much it hurts. I, I, I strive to get better at it for that reason, because it's small. What do you mean? I called you back five hours later. I'm, uh, but come on, I know you were busy, Rabbi, but to that extent, you didn't actually think about me? That's Gezelat Ani. That's a person who, in their mind, didn't do much other than extending something to you, and you weren't able to just pay it back to them. What did it take? How much does it take? And by extending it to the extent of what it could um, affect, I mean, that's what the Gemara is very clearly demonstrating and stressing to us in these words and others. Baruch Adonai